morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Jenna X is joining us on this Friday, so I'm super excited for today's show. And maybe we'll have NFT Tones joining us later on, but we're yet to see, guys. So that's an exciting update for our listeners. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how times are changing for Ripple versus the SEC, as some of the largest names on Wall Street are pushing back against the regulatory overreach. New MoneyGram documents reveal XRP could be leveraged for cross-border payments as the SEC has denied all spot coin ETF approvals for the time being, allowing institutions to accumulate before the liquidity floods in. USDC could be selected as a world stablecoin, focusing on creating payments to move like information. And with the UK signing off on new crypto laws last night, we break down the details, showing our community how governments are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, there's a lot of news to get into, but I think the one that everybody's paying attention to, Gary Gensler has denied all spot Bitcoin ETF. So we're going to be talking about that today, but how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, first of all, it's Friday. It's Jenna and Johnny Day, both day and nighttime tonight. Don't forget, don't miss that tonight. But Abs, I'm feeling great. It's happy Friday to everybody. Good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. We love you and appreciate you. Your true warriors showing up every single day to the Good Morning Crypto Show. Abs, I'm excited. And yes, we have a lot of news to hop into because Gary is just off his rocker. And man, I can't wait for him to get on it one of these days. Jenna, I'm excited to talk about it today, but it's very interesting. Even people at the SEC are calling out Gary Gensler now. So finally, the bad guys are being called out. First of all, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I'm um, feeling amazing. Thanks for having me. Excited for the show tonight with Johnny. Always a fun time. But yeah, no, this is absolutely crazy. But you know what? I wasn't surprised at all because it does not fit Elizabeth Warren's kill crypto, anti-crypto army. If, you know, they would just approve Bitcoin like this. Why make things that easy? So there's definitely something bigger going on under the surface. One thing we do know for sure, once we go digital, we're not going back to paper. And we already have 170 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're tweeting throughout the day. So go smash that follow button. I love talking to you on here. When you check out the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index, we're at 56 this morning, Johnny, in greed. When we look at the daily movers, a lot of green bubbles across the board. Bitcoin Cash is up nearly 23%. We got Hex Token up 6%, XLM up 6%, and FTT up 18% on the day. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.17 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 50% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at $30,000, Johnny, holding that $30,100 price. Ethereum, $18.50. XRP is $0.46. Cents, and Cardano is 47 cents this morning. So Johnny, with that being said, we've covered the market. We've, we've covered the prices for today. Let's get into the real news. The biggest news this morning is that the SEC says spot Bitcoin ETF filings are all inadequate. Fidelity, BlackRock, ARK Invest, none of them are going to Bitcoin ETF approval. So before I get my two cents, I'd love to hear from you and Jenna. What does this mean to you? Well, that, that bubble chart this morning was all green around 8 o'clock. This thing was green, like green as it can be. Like it was just fully like grass green, hot summer weather. And then all of a sudden, we had uh, 
this news come out like around nine o'clock or nine thirty, everything turned red. It's, it's amazing that FTT is ridiculous. That's even green, but you know this is this is the game that's going to be played. This is the WWE happening. It's going to go back and forth. You're going to see this sparring, and then yeah, exactly. But then at some point they'll eventually get them, give them the green light. I just don't know when. I think it just tells you that they're not ready yet to move this 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 game forward. Not yet, but. You know, we always know they time everything right. And so maybe the news is waiting and the timing they're waiting for is as we get closer to the having. That's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to stake my put my stake in the ground on and assume that that's what's happening here behind the well, scenes. Johnny, we have a saying on this show and we took it from blockchain backer. Show me the chart and I'll tell you the news. And the news is getting extremely optimistic, not just around crypto or not just around Bitcoin, but around crypto overall. And the altcoin price chart is coiled up and ready to pump. So, Jenna, before we get into our news articles for today, I do want to hear your two cents. Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren were obviously communicating mm -hmm. before they spoke to Congress in 2022. Is that playing a role in this Bitcoin ETF application being denied? I mean, I think there are so many factors, but I think that that's one of the big ones because how are you going to have Operation Chokepoint 2.0 if you're just going to go ahead and approve crypto? You know, they don't want to say this is good yet whenever they're pushing the narrative that it's bad. So we have to wait for, you know, everything to change. We have to wait for all the big guys to get in. But then you have key players like JP Morgan Chase, who are so freaking big, who host, you know, meetings for the Fed and, you know, his Jekyll Island. So literally, I mean, you have these big guys that do if you follow the ice nine theory, want to be able to take over, you know, BlackRock and those that were considered too big to fail. So if you go with that theory, you know, it kind of makes sense, but right now it's just not the time for them to be like, Oh yeah, you know, Bitcoin that it would, it would not make sense right now. Well, Johnny crypto, here's my, my two cents right here. I think that Gary Gensler and these guys are giving grayscale and some of the people who were laggards in their ETF applications, more time to accumulate for their portfolios and here's an important caveat I'd like to get your comments on within these SEC documents. The SEC told exchanges that it returned the filing because they didn't have the name of the Bitcoin ETF exchange. Well, obviously, we did a little bit of research and we found that BlackRock is going to be using Coinbase for their ETF exchange. So while they're being sued by the SEC, BlackRock, Fidelity and JP Morgan are probably partnering with Brian Allaire behind the scenes or sorry, Brian Armstrong behind the scenes. So, Johnny, give me some two cents here. How long until we see these applications approved? And am I correct in my theory with the Coinbase partnership? Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it that there's a strong, strong partnership and connection between BlackRock and Coinbase. That's already kind of uncovered and out there. No secret there. Um, in terms of this theory of, well, you know, we want to shake out the whales or want to shake out people so the whales can come and buy in. And that's why they're doing it. That doesn't seem to hold water for me because... When we saw the real purchasing and buying is when these guys were buying it at $15,000 so six months ago. To go from, you know, we went, we were at 25, we went up to 30, and to say that this is, this is just shaking them out, we only dropped to 29. That's not a shakeout. A shakeout is bringing us back to 15. If we get to 15, then I would say, yeah, this was a shakeout to buy at a very low price. But, but I don't, I think that shakeout was done already. And, and people, the big boys who are going to get in, got in in the 15s. So this one is a little kind of confusing to me. I'm not sure what's going on here. Why? It doesn't feel like a real shakeout to me. It's not big enough news yet. Now, again, if Bitcoin drops to 15, I would I would change my opinion. But right now, there's something else is going on. I don't know what it is. This is just maybe just buy your time. 
Well, Jenna, one of the biggest connections we've seen between BlackRock and Coinbase is they're working with USDC. And we're going to hear from one of the founders right now. We are at a time where payments are about to not only become instantaneous, but global. Right now, when you send an email, you don't care if you're sending an email to South Africa or to your next door neighbor. You only care that it gets there instantaneously. Well, that's what's about to happen to payments. And we're going to listen to USDC's co-founder mention how this is taking place right now and even indicate how Ripple services could be used. We'll move to a world where we don't think about, say, sending a cross-border email. We won't think about sending a cross-border payment. It will be instant, global, frictionless, per the uh, title of the, of, the, of the session and the panel, uh, and, and interoperable in the same way we have that with the, the web of information and communications. And so um, I'm really you know, very focused on how do we build these kind of open internet infrastructures that connect the world economically uh, in the same way that we've been connected uh, with information. And so uh, that's what I think of when I think of uh, paying friction. When I think about interoperability, Johnny, my mind doesn't immediately go to USDC. It goes to Quant Token and it goes to XRP. I do want to hear your thoughts about his statements. When we first launched the internet, TCP IP was the thing that made it what it is today. When internet started to flow seamlessly across border, that's when it really unlocked. And we're seeing the same thing with crypto. How do you feel about these statements, which I really love? I think this guy watches our show. I mean, literally, we've been saying that on this show <laughs> for the longest time. And that at the end of the day, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to, the, the interoperability has to be there for this to happen. And nobody cares. We've been saying nobody cares what it looks like on the back end. We only care that if I got Venmo, or I got PayPal, or I got Cash App, and I send Jenna money or I send you money apps, nobody gives a shit how it gets to you. All I care is when you look at your app, is the money in there and how quick does it get there, right? But what he's talking about and we've been talking about is all this stuff that's got to happen behind the back end so that that money no longer takes three days to settle, okay? It takes one. Like whenever I send money to somebody in Cash App or someone says, it says to me, if you want to transfer it to your bank account, it says, you want it in one day or three days? If you want it in one day, you got to pay more money. If you want it in three days, you don't. That's the reason. Because the money's not actually there. So if they got to front the money, they're going to charge you a fee for it. But when the money's actually going to be there through these new systems that can solve for that, then you won't have to pay that settlement or that additional expedition fee that they're charging you right now, which they're probably not going to like because they like the fee. That's how banks make their money off of fees. So the banks are kind of conflicted. Think about it. It's like, hey, we're eliminating these fees. But wait a minute, I don't want to eliminate the fees. The fees are how I make money. So how am I going to make money in the new world? when these things go away. So that's all the stuff they're trying to figure out right now. Johnny, one quick comment before we kick it to Jenna. Remember when we had Mark Yusko on the show, he told us the exact number that banks are making every year from just sending your money. $7 trillion is how much these banks are making. So when you're wondering why guys like Jamie Dimon are saying crypto is bad, it's for nefarious activities, they've got a $7 trillion incentive to do so. But Jenna, staying on this topic, what's on your mind? Yeah, no, that's crazy. Those fees are insane. No wonder they need to figure out how to, you know, get their hands in the pot. But yeah, no, it just sounded like everything he was saying was USDC on XLM or on the XRPL. So just do that problem solved, but they need their money. So yeah, that's crazy. Well, Johnny, the biggest story out of today is obviously the news in London, but we've been showing this chart on our show since the beginning when we first launched. First of all, Last night, UK passed a bill to recognize crypto as a regulated financial activity in their country. What this is going to mean, long story short, guys, banks have the green light to buy in custody crypto in London. And we showed this list for several months now. The top 20 crypto cities over the next five years are going to be London, Dubai, New York, Singapore, and Los Angeles. Those are set to be the top five. But when you go to number seven, 
Hong Kong is on this list. Paris comes in at number eight and Chicago is also number 11. So Johnny, we're yet to see this big migration of American companies into the crypto space. Is this London step actually great for Americans? Because now we're going to be forced to act. Uh, I mean, Speechless, it, huh? well, because the, the really interest, there's no reason why number one shouldn't be the U.S., right? The U.S. should be number one. But somebody decided, I guess London decided, the U.S. is not going to be number one. London's going to be number one. And that's why you're getting, you're seeing what you're seeing and you're watching the WWE play out right in front of you. You're watching the narrative. You're watching the story. And the bottom line is the U.S. has taken, you know, an elbow to the head, a kick to the gut, and the U.S. is down and out right now. And and the U.K. is winning this battle. And so is Hong Kong. And, and that's where it's going to be. But we've known that. See, on this show, we're ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the game. We, we've been telling you that the U.S. is going to take a back step. As Powell told you, CBDCs, we will go very slowly and ease into this thing. That was the clue for me because you saw China already had CBDCs when Powell was saying, we're just going to look into it. And China already had them. They were out there and they were doing everything. With them. And we're like, we're just going to look at this thing. We're going to try to figure out what it is. These guys were nine months already operating them out there. So that, that was the clue for me. We were stepping back in the whole entire crypto space. We were never going to be the leader and we never are going to be the leader. We're just going to be a player in the space. So your question is, is that good for us? Uh, I don't think so because we're not number one and we were going to be in this anyway, but now we're going to be a laggard in it. So I'm, I'm not sure. What about this USDC article right here? This has got to play into your way of thinking. With their CEO stating they're trying to make payments seamless cross-border, what if we see the USDC stablecoin be adopted as some sort of a global stablecoin? That's obviously a United States asset and a United States company. That, I think, is a very, really real possibility. In fact, USDC, which I believe is owned or created by Circle, just launched on Link2 like three days ago. I went to go buy it. It's gone. You can't it. Is that so big? So so that's so big sold out so fast. Like 901, 901, they opened it. 909 o'clock, they opened it. 901, it was gone. So there you go. There's, there's your proof right there that the circle is going to be huge. I hope link to, if you're listening, I hope you guys open up some more shares for us, but uh, it is going to be one of those things, Abs, where the USDC, we know funded by circle connected to both Coinbase and BlackRock. So, I mean, do you have to say anything more than that? There's no doubt. I think that the U S and, Oh, by the way, the U S is trying to pass stable coin rules. So to me, the USDC has the shot. The USDT on the other hand, to me, that's a very dangerous one because that's owned by like five Chinese guys, right? We don't want to see the USDC become the stable coin of the world, uh, especially if it's thought to be backed by the U.S. dollar by the rest of the world when it really isn't. I would think USDC has a better chance for that. Abs. Awesome. And I do want to just read this article here to show our listeners what happened yesterday. You know, a UK bill giving regulators the power to supervise crypto and stable coins was approved by King Charles on Thursday. This is the last formal stage that will make the bill official law. Royal Assent makes the uh, Financial Services and Markets Bill an act, which includes measures to bring crypto and stable coins into the scope of regulation. The act gives us control of our financial services rulebook and enabling the regulation of crypto assets to support their safe adoption in the UK. Nothing more really needs to be said there, guys. They're giving the green light for crypto adoption in the UK while they're shutting it down in America. And we've got a lot of evidence to that. But Jenna, I do just want to hear your thoughts. Is this the beginning of full-blown adoption in Europe? It has to start somewhere. Is it starting in London? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, look, this is great, but maybe um, the U.S. will take note now. They're like, hey, shit, we've got to do something. We've got to step up. And I'm hoping 
that that's what we see, but these are the steps that we need. I mean, obviously they're doing this where, hey, yeah, you're going to need to KYC, super important. And also we're going to be able to custody your assets. Of course, the banks, you know, everybody wants to get involved in that, but these are steps to adoption. But that's why we need to be paying attention to everything now that we can get our hands on before it turns into a CBDC. You're spot on. And we know that the CBDC is coming. Johnny, this is a little bit off topic, but I don't want to miss this tweet for our listeners. Since the beginning of 2022, there are some projects that have been profitable during this bear market. And many of them we love to talk about on our show. We got 346 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I do want to hear from you guys in the comments. Out of these eight tokens we are showing right now, which do you think will be the best performer from 2023 until 2025? So put a put the put the initials in the live chat. XRP, Quant Network, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I do want to hear from you. But Johnny, here's what these charts are showing for our listeners. Quant Network has performed outstanding during the bear market, up 146% since the beginning of 2022. Well, Bitcoin is also up nearly 100% during that time. And Ethereum is at 90%. XRP is also up 55% and Matic is above 90. So during a bear market, some of these projects are managing to move. What does this mean to you before we get back into our articles? Well, I mean, I think the the best chance would probably be Doge if Elon's going to pump it. Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not. But no, on a serious note, probably Link will be the one that I think will have a lot. It Link, because Quant's already kind of too high. Bitcoin and Ethereum are too high. If you're talking about which one's going to give the maximum return, um, I would have to put my money somewhere on probably either Link or or XRP. I think one of those two from this chart of what you're showing here would probably have the best, highest opportunity because interoperability is going to be some. As soon as people start being like, hey, we're into crypto, they're like, oh, shit, it needs to all talk to each other. And so what does that? Well, you got things like DOT, things like... Um, in quant dot quant and link are kind of trying to do this interoperability so to me those are the ones that people are going to realize need to grow well look at that chart quant's already kind of high but the other two aren't so there's probably a higher probability when the category when the whole category the whole interoperability category you know because that's how these things work by the way you'll notice money will flow through the sector through the categories so it went to like First, it went to DeFi, and then it went to smart contracts, or you know, not that order, but DeFi, smart contracts. Then at one point, remember, it went to gaming and metaverse, and that was the big play. Then it went to AI. That was the big play, and eventually it's going to roll around. It's going to come back to interoperability again, and I think when it does, you know, those those two probably have a huge, huge opportunity for big gains. That's my two cents. I don't know. I wonder if Jenna, you see it different. Jenna, I do want to get your thoughts as well. Do you agree with Johnny? What are some of the tokens that you think are going to be the most profitable? Quant Network is something we talk about every day, and it's the top performer on this list. So how do you feel about Quant? I, I really like Quant, but um, are they one of the ones getting sued? Like, or I mean, saying that they're not saying that they're a security? Luckily okay. enough. Okay, so okay. luckily enough, their founder worked with the Federal Reserve. So we should be okay. We should not be able to get sued. Which is Okay, cool. they yeah, obviously... Quant would still look really juicy, especially, you know, with the supply on that and everything that it's supposed to do Um, and XRP because of everything they're going with. But if these other ones are held up by the SEC in any way, I don't look for them to like reach their full potential. I just don't. So that's interesting. Let me ask you before we move on. How do you feel about two projects in particular? Algorand is one that we know has amazing partnerships and utility. Even Gary Gensler was endorsing it before he was in the SEC. And then Cardano is another legit project that's fallen under the scrutiny of being a security. So how do you feel about those two? Um, I mean, I like Algo, but I don't hold it anymore. I mean, I think I have a really small bag, um, but just because there are other 
cryptocurrencies that I'm into right now that have more potential to me, because if they are, and, and you have Gary saying that this is now a security, they could get held up. Yeah, these are great if you want a DCA and you want to be here for the long run. But I feel like I have enough of the ISO 20022, like I have XCC and the other ones. I feel like they're going to have the same kind of growth rate. So I'm looking for different kinds of um, returns. So I don't feel like I need to own them all. And that's just, you know, me. So they, and I keep them in a safe category, like I do with XRP and XLM and XCC. That's why I'm not overly like, because I think they're all going to float around the same amount of ROI, in my opinion. Very cool. And we are going to bring our listeners a document from MoneyGram. MoneyGram was one of the companies that left Ripple when they were sued by the SEC. They just released a patent in January of this year explaining how they can leverage XRP for on-demand liquidity. But before we get into it, Johnny, check out this article with Quant. Three major projects are being are being uh, powered by Quant right now. But the one that we're going to focus on is Project Rosalina, which is actually partnered with the BIS. Quant is being used by Amazon Web Services, MasterCard, Bank of Canada, and Barclays when connecting their overledger technology to the existing banks. This is just huge news. And as the Quant guy on our channel, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Are you continuing to eye that project during this time or what's really going on in your mind? Every time I look at it, I, I just angry at myself for not buying more, but I try to average into it whenever I can. And, you know, I've been sitting and praying and hoping for a 60, but I don't I don't think we're ever going to see that again. So to be honest with you, I, when I see it hit in, you know, whenever it drops below 100 or gets close to 100, I do pick up a couple more. So for me, I am bullish, super, super bullish on quant. Love it. I think the potential has the potential. I don't want to throw a number out there because people are going to hold on to it. But, you know, I do think because it has a very low limited float, or quantity out there and it's max it's cap you know seeing somewhere in the five to ten thousand range somewhere down the road is very possible i think so for me that's a long-term holder for me like that thing's so far back in my stable like nobody gets to touch that horse that thing's so far in the back only special people get to see that horse. you know you got your horse in the front you get to see them and they're out there and they're running but that horse i got it tucked away in the back i'm not bringing that one out for a while because I have no plans on selling any quant until we get, you know, see some big numbers. Because I think, as you said, for the relationships that we have called out on this show with uh, what the hell is the owner? Anyway, he, he worked for the Fed and all that. To me, he's in Over pole position. Yes, thank you. Uh, Verdians, he's in pole position to win this race. And that's why my horse is just sitting back that we brush her every day, keep her nice and clean wash her fur but we don't take her out of the stable she's she's a she's a long-term keeper that one johnny times are changing for the xrp community and it's evidence like this that makes it undoubtable yesterday the lead lawyer for ripple Stuart alderati received an award for the for being the number one legend of law winner for 2023 this is the man currently battling the sec in court but in the united states he's being recognized for fighting the good fight and yesterday i found a video that you're going to find extremely interesting johnny crypto it is of our man, Anthony Scaramucci, actually promoting Ripple. What he's saying here is that the SEC has broadly overreached into the crypto space, and it's finally time people push back. So here we go. Well, I think the, the fraud uh, from Sam Bankman Freed and NFTX, I think, has swung the pendulum in Washington too far into the over-regulation, persecution, and prosecution business. And I think Gary Gensler has probably overreached in that capacity at this point now. Uh, and this whole Promethean thing, I don't know if you're following that, but uh, he approved this broker-dealer that has ties to the communist uh, 
Chinese Party, the Chinese Communist Party. So I, I don't know. I think Johnny, we are getting a little bit of audio issues there. So I'll summarize what he says within this speech. He says that Gary Gensler has continued to overreach into the crypto space while giving companies with Chinese ties a free pass into this market. So we're talking about Prometheum here, Johnny. What do you think about Scaramucci finally endorsing companies like Ripple? Well, I think that, you know, I think Smooch is, Mooch is a smart guy. And I saw that. And you know, I think he's totally spot on. And, you know, when, when we talked to I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Prometheum. I didn't know if that was going to come up because I was doing some investigative work yesterday, Abs, trying to figure out who's the real, real Terry Silver here between Terry Silver and the Prometheum guy. Because they're like, twin. look at these two guys, Abs. You can barely tell them. Jenna, pick a letter. Which one is the real Terry I I love that if you get pick on that dude, it's CBDC. Did you purposely do that? <laughs> no, I didn't purposely do but but you certainly did somebody did say that. But getting back on a series. <laughs> but it was just worth that guy. It's just, it's just amazing the resemblance between these two. But getting back to my man Mooch, which I hope you know, I've been trying to get him on the show. I'd love to have him. I think he was spot on. I mean, Gary's reaching so far. Like Gary, Gary got to have shoulder injury. His arms got to be bust. He reaches so far overreaching that that arm and shoulder's got to be in pain. I think, and I think people are starting to, you know, you're seeing it. Like everybody's calling it out. Abs, this is amazing. Like nobody's afraid to call him out anymore. Like I'm surprised Mooch called him out. I'm surprised Yosko calls him out. I'm surprised BlackRock and Coinbase are calling him out because they, you know, the SEC can kind of make their lives miserable. But these guys, I think, are fed up. They're frustrated that they see a huge, and this is why I'm excited. Okay, pay attention here. This is why it's exciting. These <laughs> these guys, that's a great person. These guys, investors, these hedge fund managers, guys like Mooch and Yusko and everybody, else, they understand that there is a huge, huge, twelve sector economy market that's ready to come, and they want to play in it. Mooch already said he wants to play it. He wanted to put, he said, I can't put more than 5% of it because then the SEC comes after me because of the holdings and the people. So these guys want to get into space. They see the potential because they hear. They hear what their customers are telling. And they're frustrated because they know there's a shit ton of money to be made here. And right now, nobody could do nothing until Uncle Gary gives the stamp of approval. Jenna, I want to hear from you as well. I just want to get a response from Johnny. With guys like Jay Clayton finally calling out the SEC, obviously a former SEC commissioner, do you think that there's a bigger narrative going on here to, I guess, use Gary Gensler in the SEC as like a fall guy? Like what I think is going to happen with Biden after he leaves office is they're going to use him as an excuse for everything bad that went wrong. They're going to say he was delusional. He was an old man. It's all his fault, guys. Better days are upon us. I think we're going to see the same thing with the SEC and Gary Gensler here. When they remove Gary Gensler and eventually there will be a new man in office, I think he's going to have a similar idea when it comes to crypto and they're going to use Gary Gensler as the fall man. So what do you think? Have guys like Jay Clayton been activated for that purpose, Johnny Crypto? Or Jenna, sorry. Well, there's always going to be a scapegoat. And we've been saying that Gensler is nothing but a puppet this entire time. What do you think, Johnny? Oh, man, the strings go far and long. There's no doubt. Listen, it's like anybody, right? We all have bosses. And and you you do what your boss kind of tells you to some to the most part. And it's just it. Everybody's a puppet. If you have a boss, you're a puppet. It's just the bottom line. It's how it works. It's how it works. So, you know, people want to fire Geary. The problem is, the problem is my phone is ringing The here. problem is the, the phone problem. is And guys, we're going to get into a really interesting. Wait, 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 let me finish. People want to fire Geary, but here's the problem. Abs. They don't, I don't know why people don't get this. Firing Geary doesn't fix the problem, guys. The next guy that come in is going to be Geary Jr., 
Because you don't, you got to understand, Gary is the yes. Thank you, Jenna. He's just doing what the boss is telling him to do. Why does Gabs? I got to ask you this question. Why do people think firing Gary is going to change the outlook on crypto? What? Because they, they don't understand. How, they don't understand how the system works. They they Bingo. think Gary Gensler is the man making the decisions, and there they think if they can remove Gary, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But I've been in this market long enough to understand that Jay Clayton is the one who sued Ripple. People forget that. They act like Gary Gensler is the one who filed the lawsuit. Jay Clayton sued Ripple. And when Gary Gensler came in, everybody promoted him as being the savior for crypto. We saw the exact opposite happen. And Johnny, I do want to get into this very, very cool article here. We got 361 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And one of the biggest articles out of today is there is a new patent going around showing MoneyGram intends to use XRP for their cross-border platform but people are remaining doubtful because this lawsuit's still going on. So a little background about MoneyGram and Ripple is that right when the SEC sued Ripple back in 2020, MoneyGram was one of the first companies to exit their partnership with Ripple and stop leveraging XRP on their platform. Well, what do we have for our listeners this morning? A brand new update as a patent has been revealed by somebody who does amazing research. I believe it's Cowboy Crypto on Twitter. Go follow that guy. On January 31st of 2023, uh, MoneyGram released a new patent describing how USD transfers can be done with using XRP as a settlement mechanism. I'm leaving this on our screen while we have this discussion so our viewers can, can get a closer look here, Johnny. But my question I have for you, do they know something we don't? This patent is from January of 2023, and they left their partnership in 2021. So what would cause them to change their stance between now and then? Okay, so hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me jump in and help out here. So first of all, you have to understand how patents work. So I'm in, I may I do patents for a living, or I mean I'm an inventor, right? So patents are something you file many many years, and 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 you do work on it. You come over to technology and you file it. So look at the filing date on this, okay? You don't worry about what the, the release date. This was filed in September of 2015, 2021. Okay, so back then, that was three months before they had any clue that the SEC was going to. Ah, let me that. correct you. Let me correct you. That is nine months after. Sorry, they- nine months after. Sorry. No, so, no. That's nine months after they exited their partnership with Ripple. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's already filed, right? So they already had all this thing written up. The whole thing's done. And the reality is the way a patent works is when you're describing a patent, you describe a fundamental approach, okay? It doesn't mean that the company in there is the one they're going with. It's an example. So you have to provide examples of the technologies that you're trying to describe if you're following a patent, okay? So that's number one. So just because they're referenced in here doesn't mean they're using them. You have to provide reference and descriptions, and that's what you're seeing here. Now, nonetheless, the reason why they would have chosen Ripple is because typically, if this was filed in 2015, 2021, they probably wrote it a year earlier, okay? You start writing these things, and they go through a bunch of reviews and litigation before you even get to the patent office, okay? So this thing was they were partners, and they chose them, and they ran. It makes total sense to me. And then obviously the lawsuit came in. You asked you asked why they moved away. The other reason why they moved away was because the lawsuit. We know that. They came out and they said it. And, and they went with XLM, which is literally the competitor that does almost the same exact thing. So for me, this is just what, what this does mean. The only relevance of this patent just tells you that blockchain technology is being investigated and will be adopted in the future. That's what this tells you. Don't get hung up on the on the actual companies they put in these. Because, again, they have to show them as references. It doesn't mean that's who they're going to use. And that's the way to think about a patent. 
really quick follow-up. So you broke down the dates and how that was important. Does it matter? And I, I you might've answered this. I, I might've missed it. Does it matter that, that that patent was initially filed nine months after they exited their partnership with Ripple? No. So they left their partnership of Ripple in January of 2021, and then they filed that patent in September. Does that play a role at all? No, because you're not going to go and rewrite a patent for uh, a description of technology that still is, you're still trying to convey it. And they're using that technology as an example to the patent office of how it's going to work and what it's going to do. So it has zero relevance to the fact that they were sued because again, they could just switch to an XLM technology and things like that. They probably had the patent written up. They're not going to change it for that reason. What they did do, which is significant is they decided to cut the partnership. That just shows you the real, where the, where the real concern was because the patent doesn't hurt them, but being a partner with someone that's being sued by the, by the SEC could have hurt them. And that's why they cut the relationship. They didn't want the blowback. Here's a really interesting article we found, and this is from Mr. Man on Twitter. Look at this document describing how blockchains and distributed ledgers have different categories of technology. There's three different blockchain types that can be categorized. Number one would be public. In their category, they have Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Cardano in here. Private blockchains include Hyperledger Fabric and R3 Corda, which obviously Ripple XDC are all compatible with. When you look at the hybrid blockchain category, Johnny, there's only two companies on this slide. That would be XDC and XRP. Obviously, they're hybrids because they're interoperable with banks. So I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Does this document change the, your perspective on the crypto market? No, I mean, I think that, again, all of these things you're looking here are all ideologies and concepts of the way people are thinking about how this is going to work. What we're not seeing yet is <clears throat> people coming out and, and really saying, this is it. This is the system. You know, we've chosen this. We're going this way. That's going to start happening in the next few years as we get adoption. Before it, this is all theory. It's all concepts. It's all, hey, we could do it this way. We, I could have shown you a bunch of different articles back in, in 1999 when you and Jenna were in diapers. And well, maybe Jenna was out of diapers at that point. But when you were definitely in diapers, that was talking about Bluetooth technology and a and, and bunch of other different technologies of how short-range communication was going to work, how your headphone was going to talk to your phone. There were like seven different methods, and you would have seen a chart just like that, and it would have showed Bluetooth or would have showed another one, a different one. But what happened was finally at the end of the day, a few years later, Bluetooth won. So when you go back and look at these charts, you say to yourself, okay, these are the things people are talking about. Some of these horses are going to win, and some are going to get shot and you know, are going to lose the race, okay? We don't know who's going to win or lose. But what we know is these are some, this is the way you get indications of which horses to bet on. So if you had bet on those seven or eight technologies back in 1999, which, which short-term range was going to win, and Bluetooth was one of them that you had in your stable, you would have eventually won. So that hopefully that helps give an understanding of how you use these documents to give you indications and clues of where to potentially invest in. But don't assume just because you see it on that paper that that's the winner because there's seven other losers back then that didn't win the Bluetooth race. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. You just explained that perfectly. And guys, we got NFT Tones joining us. So I want to give a brief introduction to my man. NFT Tones, thanks for being here. We're about to show our listeners a video that plays perfectly into what Johnny Crypto just broke down. When they're describing these patents, they're explaining how the technology is built, not necessarily saying they're going to use individual currencies. So before I play this video, Tones, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great, and it's great to be back. After taking my summer courses and being stressed out with all that crap, it's good to be back and doing what I love. 
Absolutely, guys. And I want to I want to have a little bit of fun for our listeners. Guess who's younger, NFT Tones or Jenna? One in the live chat for Tones, two in the live chat for Jenna. And that's all love, Jenna. That is, of course, a compliment. I see your face in the background. But here's the here's the video I really want to play for our listeners. USDC changing the world. Way that we've been connected uh, with information. And so uh, that's what I think of when I think of uh, paying frictionless. That's great. That's very interesting. When I look at um, payments today, uh, you know, in many ways, payments are still trapped in a pre-internet era. Even though we use uh, mobile payment applications, a lot of those are kind of their own walled gardens. Uh, you can pay someone who has WeChat, or you can pay someone who has Venmo in the United States, or if you're in a given country, there's a bank network. We don't actually have, at least quite yet, an internet scale model for, for moving value, for storing and moving value. And so um, really the opportunity that, that we saw 10 years ago when we founded Circle was this idea that we were going to see a new infrastructure layer on the internet where value itself could be a native part of the internet. Uh, just like we have data and information and communications, we could actually have a native part. And, and in that world, which today is, I think, best expressed through things like stable coins, which are a representation of, of fiat currency as digital currency. I just want to point out one other thing, Jenna, before you respond. He's speaking at the World Economic Forum here. So this is some of the most important and influential people in the world are sitting around and listening to this man talk about crypto. So I do want to get your thoughts. And of course, Jenna, Tones won the poll. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. I was watching the live chat. But thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody who, get, you know, said Jenna on that and said Jenna's young at heart. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so unfair. What? What do you think about Jeremy Allaire and his statements where finally the internet is moving into an age where we're going to have a stable form of value that is working cross-border? And he's saying it's going to be a stable coin. So let me ask you, do you think it's more likely that it's a stable coin or an actual decentralized currency? No, I think it would make more sense for it to be a stable coin running using like distributed ledger technology, maybe using like XLM, XRP or on whatever, but it would make more sense that it's one stable coin. Although, you know, don't say that to all the Bitcoin maxis out there. I'm sure they're like screaming at me right now, but that's just my thought. It's okay. Not too many watch our show anyways, guys. And we got 403 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I meant Bitcoin maxis don't watch the show. We talk too much XRP over here. But Johnny, one of the things that Jeremy Allaire broke down within that clip is that the internet is finally getting a stable currency of value. The question I had for Jenna is, do you believe it's a stable coin or a decentralized currency? Because when we look at guys like Jeremy Allaire, of course, they're incentivized to promote stable coins. Yeah, you're not gonna. See, I mean, the big the, the coin that the that that's gonna run everything is not gonna be a decentralized coin. It's gonna be a stable coin that's backed by the U.S. government, and that's gonna be the one that's running on the system. And then there'll be things outside the system like Bitcoin that'll be played on, and people will use and that kind of a thing. But you're certainly not gonna. It's not gonna be. A, yeah, it's not gonna be a non-decentralized coin if that's your question. Very interesting, guys. But let's check out this latest article is Medico was acquired by Ripple just last month for $250 million. And this was a full acquisition, Johnny. This isn't some partial ownership here. You can literally replace the name Medico with a subsidiary of Ripple. So every time I'm in this article reading Medico, replace it with Ripple. Citigroup reviews its partnership with Medico and is in talks with other crypto custodians. Citigroup has started discussions with other crypto partners, according to this new report. Banking giant Citigroup is reviewing its partnership with Medico, a.k.a. Ripple, a month after Ripple Labs announced its agreement to acquire the crypto custody firm for $250 million. Citigroup has now started talks with several other crypto custody providers. But one thing that's clear, Johnny, 
is the big names are moving into this space and they're going to need companies to custody their crypto. That's why this Ripple acquisition is so important. Citigroup initially mentioned Medico as its selected custody partner last June, but is looking to expand in tokenized securities and blockchain related products before this takes effect. Very exciting news. Some of the biggest players in this market are moving in. What impact do you think this is going to have on Ripple? Well, I'm not so sure it's going to have. I mean, the bigger impact is what you just said. The bigger players are moving in the game. That's it. And, and period, drop the mic. That's what we want. Well, we don't want it, but we want it. So it's a double-edged sword, right? You need them to come in because until they come in, nothing happens. You need the big boys in. Sorry, guys. We all know how the world works. And unless the big boys come in and play, this market ain't going to move anywhere. But once the big boys come in, like they let us play in the sandbox for the past 13 years. Okay, those that days are over. Okay, forget that sandbox is gone. They they broke they kid they broke that so bitch. They're building a bigger sandbox now that they own the sand, they own the box, and now you're going to get to play in it. And the good news is for all of us, they took the sand out of the old box and they transferred it to the new box. So we're still in the box. Okay, so anybody who's here and is patient and sitting tight here has an opportunity to create generational wealth because you're in the box that these big boys just made bigger and they're going to fill it with a lot more sand in the future. And so that's what gets me excited about this space apps is we're just, we're so damn early that I know it feels late, but we're, we're not. And in fact, we were here before some of the big boys were, but the problem is now you're watching how the big boys take something over. You're watching the making of the sausage. And most people, if you're not Italian, you don't like the, it's an ugly process. I don't even we're Italian. We love making sausage. But if you're not, you're going to know that's an ugly process. I don't want to get my hands dirty. But uh, but we're watching that happen. And what's cool about this is you're watching your generation of wealth being built right in front of you. It's going to come. It's just a matter of time and patience. Look at the total number of assets that are set to be moving into this market. Swift estimates a total market of tokenized assets could reach $24 trillion dollars. By 2027, that's only four years from now. And right now, there's almost zero tokenized assets with the big banks today. The BCG estimates that by 2030, the tokenization of global illiquid assets could reach $16 trillion and as high as $68 trillion in the next seven years. The tokenized market is estimated to be 10% of the global GDP by 2030. So Jenna, massive influx of money coming in here. But everyone's talking about the adoption of CBDCs. Could the tokenization of assets actually be more important? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, if you know what you're doing and you're even allowed to buy them, I mean, I'm not sure how that's going to work if they're going to let like normal people even be able to buy these tokenized assets with a lot of them, or if you're going to have to be an accredited investor or, you know, buy a certain amount is still, you know, really bullish for crypto 100%. Well, Johnny, Fidelity is another company that filed for a Bitcoin ETF application this morning. And obviously we announced earlier, many of these applications were denied. When we listen to guys like Michael Saylor talk about the adoption of Bitcoin, he says this is a fundamental step or a massive milestone on the road to institutional adoption. I do just want to close and have a brief conversation. Is it very weird to see guys like Michael Saylor being, being I guess, complimentary of guys like BlackRock buying Bitcoin? It's very counterintuitive. No, not at all. Michael Saylor's got the most invested in Bitcoin than anybody else I know in the world. So, of course, he wants to see Bitcoin. He know he ain't no fool. He knows what needs to happen here for his pile of Bitcoin. To I mean, Michael Saylor is going to be like everybody's laughing at Saylor, right? I haven't been. I've been telling you guys from day one. 
This guy's going to be laughing all the way to the bank. He's got 152,000 Bitcoins, okay? He's actually got a little bit more than that, like 320, 350,000. So anyway, he's got so much that when, of course he wants to see anybody and anything drive up the price. And he knows what it's going to take. It's going to take the SEC stamp of approval. And if, if BlackRock is what it takes to get there, he ain't going to give a shit. He'll be happy when he gets there. There's no question about that. To me, that's that's what he's waiting for. Whole world is waiting for that to happen. But you talked about something big, the tokenization and the amount of trillions of dollars that's coming into this space. That's why you guys should all be happy. There's a shit ton of money that's going to be coming into what Kevin O'Leary calls the 12th sector of the economy. And boy, it's going to be a big one, Abs. And guys, we got a couple of great stories to close out the show on, but one of them is going to be the Federal Reserve banking bailouts reached a new weekly high of $103 billion to bail out American banks. We got 371 live listeners joining us. First of all, happy Friday. Thanks for being here. But here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. All right, guys, I know Billy's not here on this Friday, but it is Friday, so we are going to talk a little bit of conspiracies. And if you're enjoying this content, show us some love, smash that like button. If you're interested in finding the smartest way to track your crypto, check out the link in our bio, 30 days absolutely free. And we're going to be choosing people off that wait list to get early access to our product. But here's a video I really wanted to show because right now we are seeing a fundamental shift globally where the economy is focused on America. The global economy is now focused on China and this is what they were discussing during the World Economic Forum meetings this week. As much as USDC is a stablecoin for America, it definitely has some Chinese incentive. And we're going to talk about that here. Oh, the United States Congress is uh, discussing a new set of regulations uh, over the issuance of, of the private issuance of digital dollars. And so USDC is an example of that. And there's also been discussion about uh, central bank digital currency in the United States, but it's been rejected. Uh, in fact, in the same testimony, Chairman Powell said, we are not moving forward with central bank digital currency. Chairman Powell also said, we need to provide clear rules around private sector innovation through digital dollars and stable coins. Secretary Yellen, who I know will be here in China soon, similarly is advocating. And the U.S. Treasury Department at the FSB at a global level has really said the, the priority now is regulating this sector. But I think the result, uh, to build on what was shared, the result is actually building a model where the base layer of money is very safe. So you have uh, digital dollars where the assets that back them are held with the central bank or in things like government bonds, short government bonds. And then you have something that everyone on the internet, every user, every business will know, this is a, a cash equivalent instrument. And then you have the traditional central bank oversight 
But it's different than commercial bank money. When you give money to a commercial bank, they take the money and then they leverage it and they multiply it by 12 times on average and they take risk with it. And that introduces systemic risk and financial stability risk. It has other benefits as well, but it, it introduces this risk. And then from time to time, every 10 years, every 20 years, you have bank failures, you have bank runs, and then you have huge bailouts and so on. So what Jeremy is explaining here, Johnny, is that the new layer of money isn't going to be at risk. What we have with the banks right now is every time I take $100 and I deposit it in the bank, they go and try to make, they earn interest on my money. That's what we should be doing, right? That's the idea behind native staking. When I stick my HBAR into HashPack and I'm getting that 6% overall, there's almost no risk. Well, the banks, they're applying the same concept, except they're taking on heavy risk. And we saw a series of bailouts. Well, the bailouts are continuing, Johnny. So I do just want to get your thoughts. This morning, the Federal Reserve announced that they are announcing a $103 billion bailout just this week. And since we raised the debt ceiling only three weeks ago, we're now over $700 billion in debt than we were when we had the debt ceiling issue. So a lot of news to get into here. What sticks out to you, Johnny? Yeah, you're going to have to adjust your statement. It's obviously they're not really taking much risk. If, they, if they're getting bailed out, how much risk are they really taking, Abs? That's the real question here. When you think about it and you kind of see what's happening, it's disgusting because, you know, they, they don't deserve a bank bailout because then then why don't we get a bailout? If I make a bad investment and I kill my account, my, you know, my Charles Schwab account or whatever, then how come I don't get a bail? How come they do and I don't? Right? It's not fair because it's our money. So, no, do you, you, you're supposed to be responsible for your your bets. And if you lose, you lose. Nobody should be bailing you out. You know, but then they go on this narrative. Oh, well, too big to fail. And the bank system will collapse if we don't bail people out, blah, 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 blah. We got to save everybody. No, if you make a bad decision, bad event, you get fired. Your company goes under and that's it. And then that's that problem can happen again. But if you don't do it and you keep doing bailouts like this, what, if, what do you think is going to happen the next time? Rinse, wash, and repeat. Do it all over again. And that's what we're seeing. Same shit that happened in 2008. It's practically happening again now, and nobody cares because they're going to get bailed out again. And, and it's just, it's, it just, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. Veteran Crypto said it right. He said it right, right down here, you know, because the government does that's right. Pretty much there's your answer right there, uh, Abs. Absolutely, guys. And that's why we've been saying on our channel, Johnny Crypto 2024. But Jenna, before we move on, <laughs> some of your thoughts. I think they wanted yeah, Jenna I mean... as my VP. So, Jenna, I think you're going to have to run with me, girl. All right. Yeah, no, 100%. Like what Johnny said, every single uh, each crisis gets bigger. And then what does that lead you to? It can lead IMF who prints these SDRs and that's just going to, there's going to keep printing more and more and more. It just goes, nothing really happens. But I will um, take off my tinfoil hat though, because I'll go down that rabbit hole too. (laughs) NFT Tones, we talked a little bit this week about how XRP was built for central bank digital currencies, but XLM was built for tokenization. So XRP is developing central bank digital currencies on the XRPL. For them to communicate with one another, they have to use the native token XRP. Well, with XLM, what we're seeing is something a little bit different, but somewhat similar. As big companies like BlackRock are looking forward to tokenization of stocks, bonds, and real estate happening on the X- on XLM. So you tell me, man, what does it mean to you? Are you excited about the tokenization process on XLM? Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. I mean, looking at what can actually be tokenized, we're, we're talking about a large amount of things. We're talking about houses, cars. This is huge. This could really push us into the next step forward. And it's really exciting, too, because coming to see what is holding into the future, I mean, we might 
find everything tokenized and some certain parts of me feels like we might find we go to the store and pick up like certain cards and it reveals an nft or something and then it's shipped to our house i feel like there could be a crazy amount of things done here where we can actually sell certain items before they're redeemed and stuff and um for example like a necklace or something and so we can sell it and i feel like a lot of things will be tokenized before we can even see it or imagine it. Um, I'm just excited because like you said, it's going to be stocks. It's going to be a lot of things. And it's really exciting to see how that, how stocks and stuff will be done, how they'll be sold, how they'll be purchased. And I think it's going to be definitely interesting to see what else comes from tokenization. Well, Abs, I can tell you this, Tones, the girls are excited because Abs is going to be able to tokenize his socks and his his tank top and all the girls and ladies who want it, they'll be able to buy a piece of No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> is that your only comment, Johnny? Well, I guess I guess I don't know. No, no, no. On a serious note, tokenization is going to be huge, Abs. It's gonna, it is going to – everything's going to be tokenized. You've heard multiple, multiple people in the industry say that the tokenization of everything is going to end up landing on the blockchain. Okay. So that that's like, okay, we all get that. I don't care about that. What I care about is where do we invest in to capitalize on the tokenization of this stuff? Where is the money going to be made? Which blockchains are going to be used? What are the, where, where are the areas that, you know, and that's the kind of things where you kind of get, you look at what blockchains can do to tokenization. You hear a lot of times about, XLM being one of those. And so certainly I know Fari is definitely going to maybe want a piece of that. But anyway, so uh, but anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't even know who Fari is anyway. Uh, so but the point is, Abs, where do we invest? Where Which horses do we put in the stable to make sure that we're capitalizing when all this tokenization happens? Because when it gets tokenized, you know, at the end of the, yeah, exactly. There you go. When it gets tokenized, I mean, it's kind of like game over. So you better make sure you capitalize when that when that process happens. And right now, it, you're hearing a lot about XLM being in the in the race for that, and certainly that's one of the areas. There's another thing, another you know, Bearable Bull called one out a long time ago. Propy or Propy, I think it's Pro is the, the symbol. They were looking at tokenizing or at least the process of tokenizing real estate, just specifically real estate. But you're going to see tokenization of everything else. I completely agree with you, Johnny. And one of the reasons I think that XLM holders are so excited is because XLM is getting a free pass to communicate with the people in Washington. And many believe they actually have a free pass to work with Elon Musk as well. If you guys didn't see our episode yesterday, we covered some very interesting connections between Stellar XLM and SpaceX with Elon Musk. But we got 321 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Jenna, you brought up something important at the beginning of this episode. You said that Algorand and Cardano being labeled as securities, it does alter your perspective a little bit on these projects. Well, Revolt.us is going to be delisting ADA, Matic, and Solana this September, specifically related to the SEC's allegations. So how do you feel about this update here? Could we see more exchanges delisting what we consider unregistered securities? Oh, absolutely. 100%. This is deja vu. Exactly what happened whenever we started to see like Coinbase and other, you know, exchanges delist XRP and it became very hard to uphold made money because they were one of the people, you know, where you could even go to purchase it. But absolutely. And this is why I'm saying, I think that some of these could be held back in the bull run. It's not 
say that it's not great tech, that they won't settle, that they're not going to be great in the long term. It's just, I'm looking at this cycle, what's going to reach its full potential, what's going to get choked out. Yeah, that's a good point, Jenna. You know, the one thing we haven't really talked about abs, and I'm kind of glad we're talking about this now a little bit, is we talk about the next bull and it's coming, but we haven't talked about what the impact could be in it based on the SEC. What role is the SEC going to play in this bull run? As I said earlier, in 2013, 2017, there was really no SEC. It was just a bunch of dudes playing in the sandbox. The big boys weren't here, and they were kind of leaving alone, and you had some few whales that were manipulating stuff, but they were not the big boys. Now it's a whole, whole, what that say about the diapers? They want to, they want to tokenize your diapers? That's what I, <laughs> that's fantastic. Those diapers are long, long gone, we'll guys. Have to reach out to your mom. A long line for your diaper. That's okay. enough bathroom talk for this weekend, Johnny. We're going to talk about exactly what you said. Is the SEC going to impact the upgrade of our financial system? This video actually highlights that. Opportunity Ooh. for the incumbent financial firms to actually take the lead. During this downturn in crypto, incumbents have an opportunity. A Bitcoin ETF that's not futures based, it's spot Bitcoin, right. okay? And Ginsler said, no way that's not going to happen. But at the same time, they're bringing together some pretty good partners from a custody standpoint. They've got Bank of New York Mellon. They've got Coinbase. Right. They've got uh, an agreement, a surveillance agreement with NASDAQ to help with the security aspect of it. So they're trying to show the SEC that they're putting all the safety uh, things, uh, provisions in place to give them the confidence, to give them that acceptance of their application. I think the big thing we know is Gensler said, we're not going to do anything there unless we have the exchanges regulated and Coinbase right. is not regulated. The leaders in the U.S. are Coinbase and Ripple. They were the first to get attacked. Why? Because they will get clarity first. BlackRock isn't wasting their time. They plan on getting a spot Bitcoin ETF. This opens the door for the big players to allocate just 1% of their portfolio into the crypto world give them that boom and that's really what i wanted to play for our listeners at the end of the day one percent of total portfolio allocation can make millionaires billionaires in this market johnny we got a couple minutes left i want to hear from everyone how do you feel finally we're getting an opportunity to front run the institutions is this our golden ticket i mean i certainly it certainly feels like we have an opportunity right and i hate to keep beating on the same thing but going back to the day when you were in diapers in the early 90s there was the same opportunity to get involved in the internet boom when that was coming and bringing that this kind of what you would call golden ticket. There's it feels like we're living in another opportunity. You know, 30 years later, you guys are all alive here and you guys all have this great opportunity for this, like you call it golden ticket. I like that abs. I do think there's a huge opportunity, but not yet. You heard him. You heard it. Listen to the keywords that guy just said. BlackRock's putting in. They're connecting with NASDAQ. They're connecting with Bank of Mellon. They're connecting with Coinbase. They're putting all... These guys aren't fools. They, they manage $10 trillion. They're putting all the pieces in place that they know the SEC is going to want to see happen so they can go and get this approval. And sooner or later, they will get the approval. And when they do, that's it, baby. The floodgates are going to open. The money's going to come in. And at that point, it's too late. It's going to be too late to get in if you haven't got in already. And I don't know when those floodgates are coming. I don't know when the SEC is going to give the stamp of approval. If I had to guess, it's within the next six months to a year. I think it'll happen before the next bull run or timed coincidentally with the next bull run, if I had to guess. That's my that's my eight cents. 
I agree with you on that, Johnny. And I'm not like a Bitcoin bull or anything like that. But, um, you know, I do have some common sense and I do understand token supply. And once these floodgates open, like you're speaking about, I think right now is not the time, obviously, with the narrative and everything. Um, but I think there, we're going to get to a point where all you can buy are derivatives of Bitcoin. So it's like, you know, I think the FOMO will start with all of this and we will get to that point. And I do think while also Michael Saylor is somewhat of a crackpot, I think he is very smart. Mm. Spot on, Jenna. And I just want to remind our listeners, July of 2023, this year, Volante is going to be enabling XRP integration at the same time FedNow services go live. We got 324 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thanks.